Hey, you guys, it is me, your sister, friend, cousin, daughter, next door neighbor, and homie, Lydia. Welcome back to the Reached Hangout for today's podcast. I had to bring in another guest. I know you're probably like, sis, what's with all these guests? You're welcome because these topics cannot go unconversed with somebody else. And I also brought her on here to just bring a little more broader aspect to this topic because I'm not an OG in this lane yet. And I don't don't even want to say I'm going to be, (laughs) but I just wanted to introduce to you her but you know usually I do this like this quick little file and I'll be like a one two three and then I'll be like ladies and gentlemen we're not doing that today all right I wanted to let you hear her full story because I think her story of just prevailing to become the person she is now is just encouraging it it really is encouraging when I read her bio that she sent me off her phone I was like oh no baby we ain't finna one two three this we finna give the whole life story but it ain't gonna be long but it's gonna be a good story so that being said I need y'all to prepare y'all selves and go ahead and grab your beverage of choice get your snacks together a notepad if need be or if you're gonna do it on your phone that's cool too because after this description after me telling her bio we are going to jump right into today's topic called teaching a new age again we're going into that into today's topic called teaching a new age so i need y'all to get situated because what we're not about to do is be like hold on wait Mm -mm. because we about to hop right into it all right okay So our guest for today, she is a wife, a mother of three and a fourth grade school teacher. That's the quick bio part. But let's get straight into the depth. She has a doctor's degree in ministry, uh, an MBA and a bachelor's degree in therapeutic recreation. After graduating with her bachelor's degree, she had her first child and not too long after married. During her marriage, their income needed to increase, so she went back to school again as a priority, not optional. Ultimately, she wanted to establish her own business, so she pursued a master's degree in business while pregnant with her second child. Can you say trailblazer, all right? Then later, she became rooted deeper in her faith and began volunteering in the children's ministry at church. Her connection and wanting to grow closer closer to God opened up another desire for her to pursue a doctor's degree in ministry to learn how to become a better leader. And because of that, she completed her doctor's degree in 2019 after giving birth to her third child. Yes. And you might think, child, this is a lot right here, but I'm going to quote something she quoted specifically. This is her quote. She said, it all made me a stronger person in the end. It all made you a stronger person in the end, but her journey does not stop there. She spent most of her marriage as a stay-at-home mom, taking care of her kids, her husband, and the household 
while working on her doctor's degree in ministry. She was mainly devoting all of her time to taking care of everyone else and none of herself to the point where she lost herself in the process. And we have been there before. We have discussed that on this podcast before that we're trying to better others around us and we forget ourselves in the process. So she said, hold up, wait a minute, let's pause that because I'm more than a mother. I'm more than a wife. I'm more than everything else. So she decided that it was time to begin the journey to finding herself. What what was her passion? And what did she want to do with herself? Which was communicating with people and helping others bring joy to their lives. It began as volunteer teaching in the church to now teaching in the public sector. She enjoys learning new things to become a better person and helping make the world around her better too. And that's on what period her mission is to inspire and motivate others like her, motivate moms like her to strive to reach their goals in life no matter what circumstances stand in your way. And remember to always push forward, stay true to yourself and never give up. Plus overall, just stay devoted. That's her quote, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I know you probably like, Ma'am, who is this? First of all, can we just say we got a whole talk on this podcast? But let me introduce you to who we are going to be chatting it up with today. And that is Dr. Tonia Williams, if you get what I'm saying. Hey, ma'am, how are you? (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. You are our first doctor. (laughs) Well, I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. So we are going to be discussing teaching a new age today. But first, at the Reach Hangout, we like our listeners to get comfortable and to feel safe telling their truth. So we encourage snacks, we encourage beverages, notepads, phones, if you want to jot down notes from the discussion to better yourself now or for future reference, which I stated previously. I try to stay consistent with bringing water on the podcast because, I, you know, you ain't trying to make no sounds and I need to stay focused and not burp or whatever in the microphone. But <laughs> enough about me. Do you have a beverage of choice with you today? I do. I have water and orange juice. Oh, I, she's um, it yeah, up. I have to soothe my throat after I use my voice all throughout the week, so... Those are my beverage choices of today. Yes, ma'am. See, she the first guest that got two drinks. I'm not trying to call out my other guests, but I'm just saying get like the doctor. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) I'm pretty sure everyone is ready and ecstatic to hear today's discussion. So if you are ready to jump in, ma'am, let me know. I'm ready. All righty. Since the pandemic, we as the people adjusted sporadically to a new norm. Social gatherings have now become death sites and completing daily chores has become paranoia because we are not sure if we restricted the virus enough not to enter into our homes and affect us. In response, this sense of unsettledness has left people frantic and walking on eggshells. Our world has shifted to a more sensitive and vulnerable state that we haven't seen in years. Though we can't live a life of exile, all right? We must return to our regular lifestyles to grasp 
as much normalcy as we can. However, this altered normalcy left a wide gap of confusion, especially in the school system. Kids that were so used to playing and interacting with each other now have to avoid all contact with other children, as well as the teachers that are hands-on to teaching their students and the kids who are used to that hands-on learning can't receive it as much. And it's kind of difficult for them because, you know, if you're not a visual or verbal learner, it's like, well, can I really be assisted? And yes, we're transitioning into a time that's like, bump this virus, it is what it is. But we also have to think about people's personal preference. I know some people who still have anxiety because of this virus, you know, maneuvering into this new normalcy. So that being said, you know, Dr. Williams, everybody's experience with the virus is different. And you being a teacher who experienced that coming in, because during that virus, I was in retail. I wasn't in the classroom. So what experience have you noticed that has changed in the classroom setting? And then also on top of that, have you found certain ways to perfect your previous teaching because of the virus? Well, when I first started teaching, I'm from Virginia, so I started in Virginia as a substitute teaching. That's how I got started in the public sector. Then um, the following year, I was an assistant in a preschool. And if you know our younger kids, they love interacting and playing in order to learn. That's that's how they develop. That's how they learn. So mm-hmm. now the when the pandemic came, it was a huge change. And when online learning, that shifted everything. Just like you said, they're used to the interaction and the playing. And then all of a sudden they had to stop and pause and try to learn from behind the screen. So then once I, um, shortly after I moved out to Florida and I started teaching, there was learning both online simultaneously with in class. So there was some students who were in the classroom as well as I'm teaching them online at the same time. So what I had to learn is that I had to show a lot of videos. This generation already is just technology has taken over and that's what they really want to learn. That's how they learn um, Mm -hmm. now today. So I show a lot of videos to introduce my topics and to help them learn and then also get some hands-on experience from based on what they watched. So that's how I believe education is taking a turn. I feel like, yes, they still need the hands-on instruction. Yes, they still need to know how to write, know how to read a book, an actual book, not an online book. And But I do believe that technology is now playing an important role in education. And so today, while everybody's now back into the classroom, I still incorporate those videos and have to really include a lot of the technology to keep their interest, to keep them want to learn because that's what they were used to. And it's, and that's where the world is leading us today. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, just you as a teacher acknowledging the fact that they still need that hands-on learning says a lot because I have met some people that's like, well, since we're shifting more into technology, let's just do it off there. But I think it comes like, like you said, you want the kids to have pure enjoyment in learning, but they also need to learn the necessities. And I think a lot of times in society, just in general, they try to 
find an easy way out. Like they be like, you don't really need that the older you get. I think it's very important that you pick up a hard copy book and learn how to read it. Because before we had the internet, if I needed to know something, I had to scroll through a source. I had to scroll through a dictionary. My mom would always tell me, go get a dictionary. I'm like, you can't just tell me, no, go get a dictionary. So I think that's really the necessity of tools that needs to stay embedded in the school system. And, you know, we try to be sensitive when, you know, because me entering into the school system for a short period of time, I tried to be sensitive. We tried to be sensitive about what's going on. But honestly, I feel as though when is that going to be enough? Because we have... (laughs) It's been so long since we have COVID, point blank period. It ain't no reason, no excuses as to why you can't do what things that you said that you were going to do happen in so many words. Like, you can't keep making excuses as to why your work can't get done if you're physically in a classroom. Like, I get outside of the classroom, we can't control everything. But when you're in the classroom, why your work not getting done? Because we can't continue to shelter and coddle these kids because it produces less accountability and mm-hmm. less productivity, point blank period. You know, yes, the first year took us by storm. The second year had us picking up the pieces. And this year is more like, well, we're here now. So what are we going to do about it? And, you know, as I was in the teaching sector, I was allowed to teach and assist kindergarten all the way to the 12th grade, point blank period, because I was at a private school. And honestly, I was just at shock about the learning environment today versus when I was in school. And it makes me sound like I'm an old Bessie, but I'm, I'm really just really, really shocked because the parent involvement has declined. And if there is parent involvement, I hear so many excuses as to why their child can't complete their work at home and da da da, and they'd be on the game with their friends. And, and I'm not getting on any parents about how they parent their children, but at the end of the day, you got to make accountability for them because if you don't teach them, society is going to teach them. And the way society is working right Right now it's not for us it's against us and you breathe wrong you're locked up you breathe wrong you're, you're in something you ain't got no business being in so you teaching them how to have that lazy mentality it's like well i don't feel like learning today so do you think we as teachers feel like teaching today do you think we as teachers when we were in school felt like learning no but we knew it was a necessity we knew it was a tool that just needed to be present in our lives because we did not want to continue to live the lifestyle that our parents are having. And sometimes your parent cannot have a bad lifestyle. You just know personally within yourself that you want a better education, but you have to be present in school. You have to want to read. You have to want to do your work and stop making excuses. And, you know, me working in the school, I did notice that kids were the kids that struggled a little bit more would lash out and create distractions and stuff like that. And I would pull those mm-hmm. kids aside. And I'm like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. It ain't about what your peers think about you. It's about how you perceive this information. If you need some assistance, let me know. Don't be sitting there trying to be class clown goofy of the year because at the end of the day, yes, you have all these people saying you don't really need a degree to make it. And like that then, that then you don't really need a degree. A good paying job now basically wants you to have your bachelor's. 
basically the base of it, a bachelor's or at least moving towards a bachelor's or something like that to make enough money. And even then, if you don't have a bachelor's degree, they're not going to pay you as much as you deserve because you don't have the degree to back up the education. Because my dad told me something. He was like, degree ain't nothing. A degree is just showing you that you can be taught. You being in school for four years, six years, eight years, however many years it took for you to progress in life, it teaches you that you are being able to be taught. So a person who is hiring is not going to pick up somebody that can't be able to be taught. So we have to remember, like, hey, like, this ain't something I want to do, but this is something I'm going to do. Because honestly speaking, I have been on jobs that be like, well, if you just had this degree, we could bargain to pay you more. But because you don't have it, this is what you're going to get. And I'm just like, are you serious? But I'm doing the buckload of the work. I'm doing everything that a person with that degree plus more. But, you know, that's, that's just how things work. So, so the center back on to the students, you know, when I was talking about, you know, me just entering into the school sit- system, it's a lot different for everybody because I was not, I did not go to school for teaching. I'm not going to school for teaching. I'm going to school for business management. So, there were certain things that like childhood development and yes, we take trainings on that and everything else. But like I said, that's not my forte. That's not why I went to school for it. So Dr. Williams, how do you feel about the school system hiring more untrained teachers to fit the vacancy gap in jobs right now? And the reason I ask is because that proper training does play a valuable role in the classroom environment and everything else. Well, I am one of those untrained teachers, if you want to say, well, that's how I started. As you mentioned my bio, you didn't see any degrees that were directly in education. I may have had took some courses that may have talked about the psychology or child development from my, my bachelor's, but I didn't get that, I guess you would say, formal education route. Mm-hmm. So I had to go, um, I had to start from the beginning, basically. As I said, I started as volunteering in church. Then I became a substitute teacher. Then I became an assistant at a preschool and then eventually got my own classroom in the private sector school right now. So throughout all of that, and as you said, the PDs were professional development and taking other courses to get that training that plays a valuable role in the class environment. Um, Even before the pandemic, I felt like there was an issue with having enough teachers in the school system, just period. There's always been that gap. Um, But once the pandemic happened, of course, this issue got was even worse. So my opinion, I believe that hiring untrained teachers per se is where education is headed because of lack of pay, the resources, etc. So even when you get an education and training, you still have to go, of course, take the test, the exams to be certified. Then you have to also do a, like an internship in the classroom to get that experience so you still have to get that training. You still don't know everything until you really get into a classroom and then you get that continuing education. As a teacher, you know, we're always learning. You never know everything. Mm-hmm. It's always evolving. So I believe that just like you go to school to get an education degree, there could be something set up for teachers that may not be as an in-depth 
um, as traditional teaching, but with ongoing trainings throughout the year, um, that the school maybe that you're at teaching can provide all of those resources to be able to provide the training. Because that's why I believe it. the education is going. I believe that teachers, it, it has to be different. It's, it's going to be different. It's not going to be how teachers that come in the school system isn't going to be how when I was in school, how they just we could find them. We could find mm-hmm. the teachers that wanted to do it. It, it is re- it is really hard as time goes on. And I, I believe, like I said, even before the pandemic, as time goes on, I just feel like it's harder to find those teachers who are wanting to be in the classroom wanting to do everything everything they can to teach instead of just trying to make it through the day and make it through the year. So I do believe, don't get me wrong, I believe that the teachers, it takes a certain type of person, certain special people to be teachers. But as a parent, I feel like I have those skills because that's what I do with my children anyways in, in at home. You know, I'm their teacher at home. So why mm-hmm. not help? Why not take those skills and take it to the classroom to help others? with the help of all these programs that they have, all these trainings that they have outside that could help me become a better teacher. I I completely agree. And I also like what you said, it just, it takes a special person because teaching that, okay, I'm not saying like back then, like kids were the best, the best, the students, Mm -hmm. because you did have those roughnecks, but during today's time of teaching, I have noticed that there is a big shift. Like when I was in school to compare it to now, it's like laziness. Then you got mm-hmm. a whole slew of kids who just feel as though they don't have to do nothing. And then they're disrespectful. And it's funny to me, honestly speaking, how parents can say, don't parent my child. But when we go to you, for the solution to your child cutting up a storm, why are we still going through the same issue? Because you can only kick a kid out your class for so long. And then it comes to the point, like, because my mom, she's been teaching for years. I think she was teaching before I was even born, but she was saying how they want to get kicked out of the classroom. So no, you make them sit there. If they don't want to do no work, you tell them to be quiet and not do nothing, but you can't keep kicking the kid out of the classroom because at the end of the day, that's what they're going to want. They're going to be like, oh, every time I go in this classroom, this teacher going to kick me out, so let me cut up so I can get kicked out. So it's like, what are the ways to handle troubled students at the end of the day? Because if you're looking to a parent for assistance because they're, they don't want you to reprimand, they don't want you to parent their child, it's like, okay, I'm coming to you, but I'm still having these issues. So I think compared to back then to now, like, yes, like in my class, like you had like a little bit of kids who cut up, but it wasn't such of a bigger amount that it is now because these kids now, they think they your equal. And I'm like, you are not my equal. You're not my equal. I don't care if I look like I'm 12, I'm not 12. I'm in my 20s. Mm-hmm. You're not my equal. And it's not to be little kids, but it's to get them to understand, like, respect is given when you, you know, you earn it. I have mm-hmm. never, and I told my students consistently, I have never, I don't snap at y'all. I don't tell you that you less than, you're worth than, you scumbags, because I have seen videos of teachers saying that to kids. I'm like, you molding a young mind. That's where that special person come into play. Somebody can get you so mad, but don't speak 
you know, craziness on them. Now, I have said, do y'all not see how crazy this world is right now? And you acting like you just, I don't care. I have a nonchalant attitude and it is what it is. You should want to care. You should want to care because the future lies in your hands. So if it's a multitude of them saying, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Like, what's what's going to happen to the work ethic? What's going to happen to jobs? What's going to happen to society? Is it going to become more lazier? Like, you should want to care. You should want better for yourself. And, you know, a former teacher who, she's a former vet. She's been teaching for years. And I had the, um, the privilege to talk to her. And her name is Miss Ford. She recently retired. And she said to her, to me, our school system has so many programs in place to help every child, no matter what the need is. However, the problem is more centered on the attitude and behavior of the children. For instance, they don't take any tests or constructive criticism as important to their development. It all rests on the parent who is only visible when you take their cell phone. There is nothing wrong with the system or educational programs just who sits on the board and make the decisions. They have never experienced the pre-slash-post-COVID issues that have yet to be addressed. My solution is for a committee of classroom teachers, resource officers, school staff workers, and bus drivers to talk about what they have experienced and let them try to come up with a solution, point blank, period. Because how are you going to be able to make decisions if you never experienced it? You just throw in a quick solution on a problem that's not temporary. So, Dr. Williams, how do you feel about this statement that Miss Ford, this former teacher, made? Well, I agree. I think it's a great take on how the school system can improve. Um, I felt this way about school boards for a while. I think I was talking to someone else a while back seeing how the system needs to change. The times are changing and we can't just stay in the educational field. That's what I'm talking about. Stay the same. What worked for me back in school definitely doesn't work for this generation today. Uh, As we all know that I'm both a teacher and a parent, I feel like the school system, they just, they stand still. They stand stagnant. They, they, don't want to do anything different. They think the system is fine how it is, but I believe the system, it does need to change. And those people that Miss um, Ford stated that could help with the classroom teachers, those who work directly in the school system could help, could address some of those problems because only those in the classroom knows what really goes on. Only those in the classroom can really tell you, oh, well, this is happening. I found that I see that this is happening. This isn't happening because you have to um, do this, you know, that this is happening. So I do feel that if we really get those inside the system, it could do a whole lot of change. It could maybe get those ones who don't want to learn anymore, who is like pulling teeth for them to do what they're supposed to do in school, finding things that they may like interest them to teach them instead of having to teach from the standards that the education department of education gives us, um, incorporating life skills into the school system. So bringing those people that we see with these kids face, we, we have a close relationship sometimes more uh, than parents because they're in that school a lot of hours out of the day. And we spend a whole lot of times with them 
and we understand them and know what they like and know what they may need to help them learn in other areas. So I definitely agree about the statement of how we can change the school system, change how we teach them to better our youth. Yeah, I completely agree with that because that it has to be a change, honestly speaking, because it's like I get it because, you know, I people ask me, they say, they say this to me. So teachers don't get paid that much for these. Um, they say law enforcement don't get paid that much. Fire officers, fire people don't get paid that much. But you got people in entertainment getting paid all this money. But I'm like, what y'all have to understand, everything they getting paid a lot of money to produce and to put on shows because they have people buying. We don't have kids buying concert tickets to come learn. So we're not going to have the same revenue. But I do think there has to be like an increase in bonus or stipend or something because if we go with that learning environment shift, it also has to have, when they enter in the classroom, it has to feel like a classroom. It can't feel like a jail cell. But at the same token, it's like, how do you go about that when the money that you're making, first of all, set aside from teaching, like you said, you're a mom, you're a wife and everything else. So that money has to be accounted for. So it's like, you want my classroom to feel like a home, but I'm not receiving the necessary tools and everything to do so. And Honestly speaking, the school district, and this is not an attack on them, but they cannot say that they ain't got no money because when COVID happened, how you get all these money for these laptops? It's like you pinching pennies. But at the end of the day, like you said, when times are changing, we have to adjust. If it's making you cost more to adjust, find out ways to help you with solutions to adjust and not just say we're going to cut art we're gonna cut the music department like no because that is where kids have the opportunity to express themselves you put books and all that on them all day long give them the opportunity to express themselves but at the same token what can we do to better the school teaching environment because let me tell you something the way we are evolving as teachers and as people this money that they're giving us is not going to be able to decorate the classroom forever it's not. If you calculate the, the money that you're spending on, because yes, the school give you, you know, the simple supplies like the staplers, the pens, the pencils, but I'm talking about making your classroom feel like a home. Like you got teachers out here buying beanbag chairs, games to play with their students and stuff like that. That stuff costs. And yes, you can reclaim it back on your taxes, but what you spent compared to what your refund is, I don't think it adds up if it's just me. Right. I agree. So it's like what what is we need that like like what Miss Forrest said and like what you said, we have to bring in people who have had experiences, who have had the time to say, like, how you gonna give somebody authority to rule over something they never experienced and they don't even know what they're talking about? Like, come on now. A lot of people on that school board, like, yes, we have some young people, but like we said, these people have not experienced pre-COVID in the classroom, nor have they experienced post-COVID in the classroom. So we need those teachers. We need those faculty. We need those staff to speak up and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Can we try this method? Can we try that method? Can we try something? Because the rate of just the times and everything else is constantly shifting it's constantly changing so we have to keep up with it 
point blank period. So you you have to evolve with time. You have to say, you know what? This ain't what I expected it to be and stop having that mentality. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because sometimes it don't mean that it's broke, but it also means that something does need to change. Something does need to be fixed. Point blank period. You know? Exactly. Because, you know, us working together, I, I seen that and and Dr. Williams, let me tell y'all, she loves them kids. Like, she will incorporate ways. And I'm just like, how you did that? <laughs> tell me, how you did that? Like, that's, 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 that's some good stuff right there. I just overall believe that if we had more parent involvement, community involvement, and other outside involvement and resources, there could be a positive shift in our school system. And let's just start holding our kids accountable for step one, you know, for the things we expect of them when it comes down to the education and to also hold these educators accountable because we can't just walk into the education system and be like, I'm just here for the check and don't want to mold these young minds and don't want to do things to better them and to assist children because at the end of the day, your impact holds a lot whether these kids make it make you feel like they do or don't i promise you it do i promise you it do it holds an impact so you have to hold yourself accountable i always tell people this put yourself in their shoes you the student would you want to be teach by yourself would you want to be taught by you think about it as you're teaching as you're delivering information unto others if you say if i was a student and I was the teacher. Would I want to receive this information from me? And really think about that. And if it's not a positive outlook, then maybe we should go back to the drawing board and, you know, do something else. I had this quote that I used to tell my um, students at the beginning of the year. It was like, um, teachers can teach, but children give the real lessons. So it's like a, a ripple effect. Yes, like you really learning from them because stuff that, you're maybe you don't know nothing about they're teaching it to you like i have one student used to work all night long and come to school and i just didn't know and i'm like well you gonna have to figure out some time to do it or in class or something because like i said we can't control the external you know environments of what they deal with outside of school because not everybody comes from a loving home but at the same token, please try your best while you in school so you can motivate yourself to say, I'm not going to be in this situation always. Point blank, period. This is not something I want for myself. This is not something I want to endure. And you should want to get that education, point blank, period. I always tell people, like, if you don't want to go to college, I mean, that everybody's life story isn't college, but be productive in life if you're not if you're not going to go to college find something and be productive in it make it your crap and i'm telling you this at the end of the day when you fall in love with something you're going to have to end up going back to school so do it while you're young at least get your associate's degree get something something so you can say no i have the education for it because there's a lot of programs out here where they're doing scholarships just giving out free money so there's no excuse to why you can't receive free money and that's, that's on period. Like even colleges, like the college that I go to, 
they have a whole icon that says scholarships and they'll just list out all the scholarships and they'll break it down for people that may be going to cosmetology, nursing, business, or just fishing. I saw one for fishing. I was like, well, I can't apply for that because I don't fish. But, you know, it breaks it down because people out here want to see you succeed. So stop speaking in the lives of children. Stop speaking in the lives of yourself that there's people out there that don't want to see you win because there's people out there that wants to give you the opportunity to see you win. But that comes from your thought of mind, a process to say, I want better for myself. Point blank period. You have to want better for yourself. Your mama can't make you want better. Your daddy can't make you want better. Your sister, your cousin, your brother, whoever. Can nobody make you want better but you? Because I was astonished of, you know, reading your bio, Dr. Williams, and all that that you went through because you could have said, I'm not going back to school. I don't I don't got my bachelor's. I'm good. But you was like, no, I want to get my doctorates. I want to get my master's. I want to get my degrees because I know I want to be able to provide a better lifestyle, not only for myself, not only for my spouse, but for my children as well. And and that takes that takes a lot of guts. And then on top of that, you was having kids while in school, like me being a child and my seeing my mom, well, she had all of us, but just, you know, seeing her parent us while trying to be in school, it was hard. But like you said, don't give up. Like persevere, power through, because all that it is doing is making you a greater greater person in the end. It's making you stronger in the end. And we cannot just crumble and fall and put our tail between our legs the moment any inconvenience arise because life is full of inconveniences, but it it is how you deal with them and it's how you handle them and it's how you come out at the end. But we're about to close out today, but I want Dr. Williams to have the opportunity to just speak to you guys, give any closing remarks or anything you want to add on. The floor is yours. I just want to piggyback off what you said about how there are other options of just not going to a traditional four co- four year college. Um, I remember we had our career fair and all these different places came in. They just, it even opened my eyes. I didn't even know there were so many programs, so many different organizations that are literally giving you money to go to get cosmetology license, to work in the HVAC sector, to be an engineer, to go to become a firefighter, a police officer. And they're wanting to give you money just to go to school to get those different certifications. And it doesn't take as long as, like I said, the traditional setting. Because to be honest, working in the school system, that's just, you ask a child if they want to go to college or where they want to go to college or uh, they'll shrug your shoulders and I don't know, uh, I don't want to go to college. Uh, I don't want to do no more school or any of that. But then they have this passion for doing makeup, doing hair. I mean, I have seen kids in the school that I work with that are, I mean, they have talents. They not they do hair in the 10th, 9th, 6th, 7th, 8th grade and can do mm-hmm. hair like better than a person you go to in the shops today. That are, that are, you know, way older. So they have so many gifts. They just don't want to put in, I guess I should say the work or as much work to get there, or they don't know they're not educated and they don't know that these programs are offered. So I just really do hope that, you know, the parents and that's where teachers steps in and say, Hey, you don't want to go to four year college. Okay. 
But like you said, let's do something with your life. Let's just let's do something positive. Let's not just stay at home or go out in the streets or do whatever. Let's do something with what you love to do already. So there are. So my husband works at a school that offers so many different programs that will help get students into college, get them connected while in high school to make sure they have a bright future. So you pretty much said everything else. So. I just want to say it, it does take a loving, caring, and, pa- and patient person to teach and love on our children. And I believe teaching, both in school and at home, is one of the greatest needs right now. So that means parents not just thinking it's the teacher's job to only teach. It has to go outside of the classroom to become a part of them. So um, I believe that that has to be done. I believe that without that, we can't bridge this gap that has happened in our world today. So I thank you for having me as a guest today. And I enjoyed this conversation and it was so enlightening. And I just hope that everybody who's listening, get something from this, get is able to help a child to maybe become a teacher. Maybe they were wondering, had their foot in the door of teaching. It wasn't sure if they had what it takes, but just taking that leap to help bring our children, our youth, because they are our future, helping them to they be the are. best that they can. Now, yeah, today's conversation was, like you said, just a lot of times in life, not even teaching, you know, we become iffy about certain things and we like, well, I don't know if I should, I don't, mm. and it's like, just take that first step. You never know, you might like it, you know, like, just take the first step because honestly speaking me as someone like well both of us honestly we did not go to school for child development and education it just so happened that we had the opportunity to well for you to further your career and that uh, and everything else and me being able to experience that portion of just being a teacher for like almost a year and everything and it just really opened up my eyes to a lot so take that first step because what I can say even though I ain't gonna say that I I don't have my hiccups with some students and I had to go toe to toe with them but I didn't have to cuss them out or nothing like that that y'all be doing but <laughs> it it just it just takes a strong willed person but I'm telling you that little that you think that you're not doing makes a difference it really 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 makes a difference like making yourself available for these kids because you're not only their teacher you're also the closest thing that they have to in life in general because if they're always in school in their home and yes life will always persevere in a child's life but I'm saying like an adult that can tell you like it won't be like this always but you have to get through this first you have to it's no if ands or buts. Don't don't become the dropout because you know I have people that I know are dropouts and they regretted it and they're like in their thirties or maybe forties trying to get their high school diploma, their GED or whatever because they made a bad decision in a moment of impulse. So don't let outside factors, don't let internal factors, don't let anything in life stop you from becoming what you want to become because anything in life is going to have kickback. Anything in life is going to give you some tussle and some run for your money. 
Like, I'm pretty sure Dr. Williams can testify to that because I don't see how you did that. How you did that? <laughs> Prayer. Look, <laughs> that, look, because after child number one, I'm like, okay, God, like, mm-hmm, mm, okay. Well, we stopping right here. <laughs> but I'm 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 really grateful, like you said, you no, know, I'm just grateful that you joined me on this podcast today and just really giving an insight that's saying, Hey, I'm a mother of three and I did it. So there should be no reason why you can't do it in certain situations. Some people don't have kids right now. So you ain't got nothing in the way. You ain't got no kids, you ain't got no husband or if you got an entanglement, you need to move that entanglement to the side so you can continue to do your purpose, continue to do what you need to do. And that's on way. That's on period. Well, our time at the Reach Hangout has come to an end. So thank you again for joining me on today's episode, Dr. Williams. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I know the listeners enjoyed the new insight and encouragement. If you have enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like, follow, Share your respectful thoughts in the comment section. Share slash tag a friend. And make sure your post notifications are turned on when the next episode drops because we're going to be having another guest on that one too. Yes, I'm bringing guests back to back to back to back. But eventually, y'all gonna have your girl just me. Plus, keep up with my YouTube channel, Lydia's Chronicles, by subscribing, liking, and commenting so I know that you found me. And y'all, I just dropped the video on YouTube of me trying to work out. I really embarrassed myself, but that's the part of growing. Like, we're going to embarrass ourselves sometimes, and that's a wet period. And all of my socials will be linked in the description box below, so don't fret, don't freak out, don't be like, girl, you doing all this talking, where's the link? Check the description box, and it's there. If no one has told you this today, I love you, and God loves you. But other than that, this is your sister, friend, cousin, daughter, next door neighbor, and homie, Lydia, signing off until we meet again. P.S. We must remember the end game here is to grow to be the best version of ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually with who? With God, y'all. I love you, SBCs, and until we meet again, bye.